You're listening to KXSF 102.5 FM. That was uh, the Ocean Beach Bomber with Second Breakfast. My name is Cassin, and I'm coming to you with my show Moonwax. I have Eric from Orchestra Gold on the show with me today. We're going to listen to a little music, and then we're going to have a little conversation. His band's going to be out at Hardly Strictly, so they're definitely worth checking out. Here's a band called Peace. You're listening to KXSF 102.5 FM. My name's Cassin, and the name of the show is Moonwax. We started off that set with I've Got No Money. Um, that was from a group called Peace. And after that, from Akofa Akusa, that was Nandu Kojo. And then from Orchestra Gold, Bobo Foley. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I have Eric from Orchestra Gold here with me today. So the Riptide is celebrating 19 years of providing live entertainment to the Sunset District. They survived a fire and a pandemic, and they're ready to serve you. They have live music on Saturday and Sunday with featured acts like Bluegrass Night every second Sunday, honky-tonk music on the first Sunday, and so much more. Listings of our other programming, such as Saturday Bingo, Open Mic Monday, Karaoke Tuesday, monthly trivia, and DJ dance parties can be found on the schedule at riptidesf.com. The Riptide is 21 plus and is located at 3639 Terravel Street. Hopping on the L will take visitors right to the Riptide. Thank you to the Riptide for supporting KXSF San Francisco Community Radio. And if you're in the music industry and you find yourself struggling emotionally, there's now an easy place to turn for help. Backline is a mental health and wellness resource hub specifically for artists, support crews, and their families. On Backline's online portal, find a therapist, join a weekly virtual support group, or sign up for yoga and meditation. KXSF is proud to partner with Backline to find help for music industry professionals. Learn more by going online to backline.care. And like I said, I have a... Eric on from Orchestra Gold. Orchestra Gold will be performing at this year's Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival, and they will be performing at the Towers of Gold stage Friday, September 29th from 1 p.m. to 1.45 p.m. Orchestra Gold is Kevin Goldberg on bass, Louis Andrade on tenor sax, Aaron Kerbill on the drum set, Miriam Descartes on vocals, Eric Huffaker guitar, Patrick Kress on the baritone sax, Rhonda Kennard on bass, and Scott Edwards Keller on the drum set. At Harley Strictly, you can expect to see Luis, Miriam, Eric, Patrick, Rhonda, and Scott and Will holding it down. Orchestra Gold is an Oakland-based band. And I am curious, Eric, hi, thanks for being on today. My pleasure. Good to see you, Kason. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, are your roots in Oakland? No, I grew up in the Inland Empire, which is what people who live in Riverside and Corona and San Bernardino call that area. Just like outside of Los Angeles, if you're not familiar with that area. And I grew up in like, so like the 90s era Inland Empire. That's kind of like my, 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 my roots. <laughs> I didn't realize that when we were just talking about that. I was just telling him that I used to go to parties in the Inland Empire when I was in high school. So you yeah. probably went to those I was probably same at ones. some of those parties, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Those were crazy parties. They were. Yeah. I don't know if they could oh happen anymore. Gosh. Yeah, I don't think they could happen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they were fun. Um, so yeah. I had read that you took an internship that brought you to Mali. And I'm wondering, how does someone from the Inland Empire end up with a fascination for music from Mali? Yeah, well, I kind of had to leave the Inland Empire first. I mean, no, not, like, I, it's important to, like, like, you know, I had, I had a... I had a good time growing up there, to be honest. It was good. Like, I was in, in a kind of close-knit community, and I had a lot of people around me and um, a good family life and stuff. But I definitely, like, really wanted to leave, and I left as soon as I possibly could, and that took me to a lot of different places. Um, and then I eventually landed in 
Santa Cruz, where I went to school. UC, I went to UC Santa Cruz. And then just by happenstance, like, I got involved with this organization um, in the last year of my studies at UC Santa Cruz. And this organization placed interns in, like, nonprofits around the world working on, like, IT. And this was, like, right when like the web was starting to like burgeon and like it was becoming like a thing where basically everybody started having websites this was like right in that period like not everybody had websites at that point and so i went to mali to help kind of outfit this local ngo with like some it services like 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 a website and using like software to manage their programs and stuff but that was all just really an ulterior motive because I wanted an excuse to go and like study music in a, in a, I mean, African music is like really at the heart of everything that like I've grown to love as a musician, you know? And so it was natural that it kind of ended up in that, in that place. And it was sort of fortuitous that it just happened to be Molly. It's interesting because it really is its at the heart of so much music that you listen to. If you really break it down and go back in yeah. history, it's like all of our Chicago blues and that, just a lot of British invasion music even kind of harkens back and is inspired by that. So you find it sort of everywhere. I'm wondering if you could tell us about your time in Mali, what it was like there for you, how long you were there. Yeah, totally. Um, and just like to that first point you were making, like I think also acknowledging it's important to acknowledge that like you know uh people in the united states like myself i I wouldn't really probably even have a connection to west africa if it weren't for the music of like african americans mm -hmm. in this country like the stuff that you mentioned and so like i think that often doesn't get the credit that it's due but like the that is really like what makes this music in this country so special right. is African-Americans and that experience and that music that they've given us. Yeah. Um, you know, for all the fame and fortune that Led Zeppelin got, like there was, you know, dozens and dozens of African-American blues musicians who labored in obscurity, um, you know, to, to bring, to, to create the foundation for that. So I wouldn't be going to West Africa to study African music were it not for, the fact that I grew up in this culture, you know, and yeah. have come to have those experiences too. So I feel like it's important to acknowledge it that. Is. It is. Yeah. And it's a, it's a hard history to look at too. I mean, when you really dissect it and pull it apart, you're like, why is that music here? And what yeah. it's, it's hard to look at that, but it, it is the reality of it. And that's how we ended up with that music. So you're kind of going back to the place where it originates from. Yeah. Mali. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and that experience was, like, really obviously, like, a blessing and a privilege and all that I was able to, like, make, do that. Um, Malians are incredibly hospitable, like, welcoming people. And, like, everywhere, almost everywhere I went, people were like, yeah, come and learn our music, you know? And, like, I didn't know anything, really. Like, they had, folks had to be so patient with me, you know, to teach me stuff. But... Everywhere I went, people were just, like, happy and generous and, you know, like, um, I just, I was really lucky to be able to receive that blessing, you know, tremendously just 
lucky. How many years were you there? I ended up staying for about three years. Wow. Kaysen. Wow. Yeah. So this was 2005 to 2008. And then this also coincided with a pretty like stable period in the country's history. The country's been kind of up and down since then. I read but, that. Yeah. But which you is can sad. There's about that too. If the people who are listening might be interested. But yeah, I was curious about what that was like when you were there. And then when you were there, that's where you met Miriam. And um, I'm wondering, how did you know that you would ultimately end up like, or how, when did you know you would end up forming this kind of musical collaboration with her? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Um, well, I didn't know when I met her that we were going to be doing this together. I met her in probably 2006. And at the time, my djembe teacher Mache, who shout out to him for taking me with around with him all over Bamako for three years and letting me hang out with him and his crew um, he also introduced me to Marama and um, we became friends and like she, she, I knew her at that point in time as just a dancer and a dancer who would occasionally sing and um, so like one of my my girlfriend at the time visited Mali and like Marama taught her dance and so she was just a person that I knew and trusted and liked a lot but we weren't like especially close but I had a good feeling about her and then um one day I was listening to uh, one day I played an album of Tubab Crew for my djembe teacher Mache and he was listening to it and if you're not familiar with them it's like mm. It's sort of like they were also influenced by a lot of Malian music and integrating like rock and and blues with that stuff too. So it kind of sits in like a similar place where it's fusing American and, and Malian influences. Cool. Um, but it's all instrumental music and instrumentally it's like a little more jammy than what our stuff. It's not the same sound as what we're doing. But anyways, I played that for Mache and he was like, oh this is cool. I see what these white guys are doing. You know who could do something like this is Marama. And I had never thought about that. But I was starting to pick up the guitar again, which I had put down to study the djembe. And that kind of planted a seed. And then a few years later, I was back in Mali and her and I got together and played music. And I was like, oh, let's do this song together. And I played it and we played it together. And it just felt right. It just felt really good. And then that sort of spiraled like into starting to write together and then it was like oh let's see if we can get an artist visa so you could come to the states and that's obviously like a massive thing but you know two or two-ish years after that um i drove to san francisco airport to pick her up and wow. she was here and it was like yeah we put some work into it but it also felt like it was bound to happen in a way and obviously you come from very different places but where do you think the commonality lies in regard to the music that you're making together? <laughs> you have some good questions, Casey. So I'm, I grew up in a, a mixed household. My mom is Middle Eastern, Arab, Egyptian, and Iraqi. And my dad is like a white guy from the Midwest. And so I grew up between like the cultures of their families and then also <clears throat> the cultures of all the people that I grew up with in the Inland Empire. Um, the Inland Empire, at least the community that I, grew up, that I grew up in, was like a very multicultural community. There was a lot of different 
people and growing up in the schoolyard i just had to learn how to you know you just learn to that that's that's what's like comfortable for you um and so doing something that is like in between two worlds feels like an extension of just like who i am you know yeah and so the project is very intentionally like it's yes it's like centered on our shared experience me and marama but the rest of the band is also a diverse group of people and they come from different backgrounds and they bring different influences to it and it's very much like it is like very intentionally like a a project that like is a mixed project you know it's like bringing together different people and different musical influences and we all do that to a certain extent but perhaps the the um the intention with us is we're bringing disparate things together that um don't always get put together in a way that's like built on just relationships that are deep and intimate you know yeah like people that have known each other for a long time which me and mariama have i haven't known everyone in the band for as long as i've known her but you know we're just in a fascinating time because the world is so connected now and so people can find each other from all over the world and so it's like you can combine all of these different voices in a way that really hasn't happened in in the past before at least not the way that it is now um yeah and african music is it's just arranged differently than western music the compositions are different and i'm wondering how that affects the process when you're making these songs when you're composing them yeah um yeah that's a that's an interesting one so yeah it does affect the way that we do things the thing that i had to learn as like a a person raised in this culture is that um when i create songs with marama like basically everything has to serve her vocals first like in I, when i first started composing music with her i would just do like all the work of composing a song and expect her to put vocals on top of it but that's not the way it works at all like she has to be very intimately connected with like the initial strands of the song um and it has to be like in a key that works for her and it has to be a groove that really works for her um because when she's singing it really like it to i mean all music has to be like that but i think just in my experience working with a um uh like in western terms you could create stuff and have the vocals kind of just come in afterwards and that would sit and that would probably be fine but for us because we are so different like you're saying like there has to be more coming together at the beginning so that the foundation really like is something that works for her because if it's not working for the vocals there's no way it can become an orchestra gold song no way at all you know that's actually really beautiful it it, I mean, not that music isn't always kind of a collaborative effort, but it's in a way, I feel like you can hear that when you're listening to your music. You can hear hmm. how much everyone's coming together. I'm hmm. wondering how it Thank all... you. That's a nice compliment. Yeah. yeah. I, it's there. And I think when people are listening, they'll hear that too. I'm wondering how that all translates to recording or if you could describe the experience of recording your last record, Madison. Hmm. Like what I guess specifically, when I listen, it sounds like a live band. Oh. Like everyone's kind of playing at once. And yes. I'm wondering yes. 
and you're talking about collaboration and you have to be there with her vocals leading so when yeah. you're in that recording studio versus a live performance y yes yeah yeah this this band you couldn't well there's probably stuff that we could like um do on a like track by track basis but you're right like so much of it is capturing the live conversation between the vocals and everything else that just happens in a room um it would be really difficult to recreate that if you weren't all playing together at the same time so yeah our recordings have always had to be like that you know to really um like for the most part they've had to be like that um sometimes Marama and I record stuff at home which is a little different but yeah when they're when they're like full studio recordings and really just like uh making sure that the vocals are at the center of everything and that's just like something that all of us have to keep in mind as musicians when we're playing you know um we really have to be just hyper attuned to her as a singer and everyone always should be hyper attuned to their singer but I feel like it's even more important um in the context of our band because like if she's singing like we have to come down in volume a little bit so that like she gets enough volume so she can hear what she wants and um it's a really good exercise you know like we all really should be doing that and it's so great that i've been able to like have that experience of working with her i'm so grateful to her she's been like the best teacher i could ever have just working with her you know I owe her so much. That's sweet. Yeah. I also read that you worked with uh, Chico Man of Antibalas on this record. And um, I'm wondering how he helped out and, and why you chose to work with each other. Yeah, he's, 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 really, he's really amazing. Um, I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, the, uh, first of all, like the Antibalas stuff was just really influential. That's a band that like, you know... Um, they influence so many people mm -hmm. like their influence is just like gargantuan on music <laughs> like every musician that you can think of out there who's like touring like knows about them and love their music and listen to them and so you know they they're huge huge for us right yeah um so yeah it would be natural to like work with someone who is involved in that and then him in particular because like i just I'm a big fan of his um, Here Lies Man project. Have you I listened? started checking that out a little yeah. bit over the past year. It was cool. It's kind of like really cool. that like dark kind of psychedelic, like sort of, I don't know, like Black Sabbath-y vibe or something like that. Yeah. 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 We should maybe I'll play one later in yeah, the show. Yeah, we should play one of those tracks. Yeah. Uh, we could, one. If you have one you want to listen to, I was going to suggest maybe we play something from Medicine. Okay. I know you're on like a little bit of a short time, so I don't want to interrupt the conversation too much do you want to listen to one from them and then one from yeah you? that sounds great that sounds okay. great animal animal noises is a really good one by chico men okay and let's play one from you and then i'll find that because okay. i have from you if you want to pick the three that i set aside were the lemuru bara nuyuma or the kelea well let's play lemuru because when i was telling you the story of like the first time marama and i pl played music together lemuru is actually the song that we played the oh, first time really? we sat down to play together oh i love yeah. it too because it's kind of got this like rawness well i'll let everyone listen and form yeah. their opinions but this yeah. is lemuru from orchestra gold and cool. once again you're listening to kxsf 102.5 fm my name's Cassin, and this is eric from orchestra gold so that first song came from Orchestra Gold, Lemuru, and that was off of the album African Psychedelic Rock. 
And then after that, we listened to, what was that that we just listened to? I just lost the little list of it. Um, it was Animal Sounds. And the band again was called, sorry, tell me again. Here Lies Man. Here Lies Man. Sorry. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> no, thank you for that. Yeah. Support for KXSF comes from the Strand Salon located in San Francisco's Glen Park neighborhood. The Strand is a full-service hair salon staffed by independent stylists who believe that independent radio is key to keeping San Francisco culture alive and thriving. Hours and more information can be found on their website at thestrandsalon.com. Thank you to the Strand Salon for supporting KXSF, San Francisco Community Radio. And it takes a village to keep independent radio alive and well in San Francisco. That's why KXSF 102.5 FM is looking for underwriters to support our station. If you're an individual who loves listening to local art and bands, or you run a business that cares about cultural diversity in our city, your tax-deductible donation to San Francisco Community Radio is a great investment. To find out more about how to become an underwriter at KXSF, go to www.kxsf.fm and click on Become an Underwriter and help keep KXSF on the air. All right. So I have a few more questions for Eric before he goes off. And once again, you're listening to Moonwax, and my name's Cassin, and this is KXSF 102.5 FM. So Eric, beyond Chico, you played music with uh, some other legends. I read Evo Taylor and Mulatto Estake. Can you share stories from those times? Oh, man. Yeah. Those were both shows that happened um, at the UC Theater, actually. And... If uh, just in case he's listening, I wanted to um, send a thank you to my friend Smitty, who uh, actually booked us for those two shows. Playing with Mulatu was just like really, really crazy. Um, we actually didn't play on the stage at the same time, but he came out and he was watching our set and stuff. And he gave me a, a really nice compliment about the band at the end, which was really cool. Just treasure that forever, you know. Can you remember what he said? Yeah. Um, he said, you guys sound really, really, really good, man. <laughs> and like, I mean, coming from Ulatu Estadke, I was like, okay, that's pretty freaking awesome. Wow. Thank you, man. Um, he's incredible. Like, he's one of the biggest legends of all time and also incredibly moving. The one time I saw him, this is embarrassing, but I'll admit it for everyone who's listening. Like, I was overwhelmed. I was crying because yeah. he's just... I don't know. He has this wonderful energy that's just encapsulating. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting you. So yeah, go on no, with your no, story. You're <laughs> totally right. Yeah. It, um, it's not, it's like, it's not, um, it's not everyone who is like at that level that will stick around and like listen to like the other bands playing and like really take it in. You know, it takes like, a certain like openness i think yeah um so yeah thank you for that mulatu um yeah and then the night with ibo taylor was really amazing too that was just a really really amazing night um this was like the first time he had toured the u.s i think um yeah it was the first time that he had toured the u.s wow. um and if you don't know ibo taylor was um, a Ghanaian pioneer in like fusing uh, funk and soul music with Ghanaian sounds and um, he has a couple of songs that you even if you don't know who he is you'd probably recognize because they're just so pervasive 
but he's old he's like really old and what happened i guess afterwards is the, they told me the story because tony allen Fela's drummer had just passed away before that and um they had been trying to get Ebo to tour in the united states for a while but that was finally like okay we got to do this now before it's so he came through and he he's like really really old and he was actually sitting on a couch for most of the show because he's mm. like in his 80s or something like that yeah yeah but it was it was still amazing though he still rocked it and his band sounded really really amazing and they were super cool and yeah the crowd it was just like a historic it was just like watching history being made you know and that was at the uc theater too you said right that was at uc theater too yeah so yeah. you've played big shows. I I was going to say playing Hardly Strictly is kind of big. I don't know if your band's been there before or not, but you are obviously on an upwards trajectory right now, um, which we were kind of talking privately, not on the air, but I think it's a beautiful thing because it does show how listeners have evolved and people are into so many different kinds of music and we're being exposed to so much more. There's this kind of resurgence of Zamrock and Afrobeat and you're part of a really interesting movement right now. So I'm wondering where you'd like to see this go uh, what's your dream? Oh, man, that's a great one. Well, thank you for the compliment. It feels n nice to um, to be included in that, you know, because, yeah, it is like a cultural moment. Like um, w the dream for us is really to. Um, it's really like we believe music has the potential to like bring something to people and um really affect them on like a foundational way that's like like on a vibrational way that's really hard to achieve when like we're just like locked in discourse with each other or dialoguing with other people you know um because it touches us just directly through our subconscious and i think that mariama brings something really special to the table um she's a very she's a person who's very connected to the divine and that comes out in her music yeah. and i think people feel that even if they don't always like consciously understand it they're being moved by her and so going back to what we were saying earlier about the music and the vocals really being having to be like resonating with each other in a different way i think hopefully the music is providing a foundation for her to deliver that blessing to people but now it's like us trying to get that blessing in front of more people you yeah. know um and we've had like a really good year thank god um it's been like a i would say even groundbreaking year for us because we've went to europe for the first time and we were basically touring for like the last two ish months wow. um and um that's not come without its challenges <laughs> like we're still kind of going through this awkward puberty phase of like figuring out who we're going to be and and all that other stuff but like yeah um god willing our dream is to just share the music with as many people as we can you know and to make a living doing it yeah as a listener, I don't hear that awkward puberty stage in your music. It does seem like it's fully formed. <laughs> uh, but maybe there's intricacies I'm not, or idiosyncrasies I'm not noticing. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, the goal is healing through music, hence the name medicine, right? Yeah. Yeah. How do you think 
music heals. What do you think it is in there that well, like, does that? Like when I was going through my journey and stuff, like I remember being in my 20s and being like triggered by that word healing. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. And like, I think that that may not be as uncommon of an experience for like dudes who grew up in the Inland Empire, you know? So like going through my journey, it's been like to realize that healing doesn't have to look like a certain way, oh. you know? Healing doesn't have to look like musical healing doesn't have to be like Kenny G, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to look any kind like our music. If you listen to it, it's like kind of intense. Yeah. And it's kind of edgy. It is. Um, And like that, that can also provide medicine to people, you know, it kind of shakes you up a little bit. It's interesting because like. Yesterday, I was preparing to come in here and have this conversation with you, and then I'm also preparing to have a conversation with another artist tomorrow, and I was having a rough day. And I was listening to your music, and it kind of pulls you out of yourself in, in this way, mm. because it is so intense, mm. and it's sort of transcendent. Like, her voice mm. just hits these certain notes where mm. you kind of are forced outside of yourself. And then the artist that I'm interviewing tomorrow, and I, he's a very, like, he's a singer-songwriter type. And so mm. he takes you and he makes you kind of feel, like, human and connected to the fact that we share a lot of these same things. Mm. So I think it, not, I don't know what word right now to use other than healing, uh, but it, it can help you in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do think that your music does that. I think medicine is a great name for the album. Thank you, yeah. And taking you outside of yourself, that's beautiful. Like, that's, yeah that's about like the highest compliment and we so many different ways to do it right like each music is its own medicine yeah right yeah yeah and we need that we all need that yeah we always yeah. have and we definitely do now yeah so what's next then for orchestra gold well first um Cass and i just want to thank you for like taking the time to really like dig into what we're doing and ask such deep thought-provoking questions thank you Thank you for being here. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we need a couple months off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a couple months off. I, I'm not going to speak for anyone else, but um, to just kind of process everything that's happened this year um, uh, and like, like just make sure that we're um, fully recharged for, um, more good things to come next year you know yeah um see and again that's not a western mindset right i like that because mm. we're always like we have to go 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 and yeah kind of taking a different stance and recharging which everyone and everything on this planet needs to do so yeah i i'm reading um you're familiar with rick rubin yeah yeah i'm reading a book of his called the creative act i've heard of it yeah I highly recommend that book to anyone, um, not not just artists who's, who it's intended for artists, but anyone could benefit from the wor the work because there's um, there's a lot of deep wisdom in it, and um, he there's this piece in the book where he talks about as a musician like this funny thing happens where like you practice on something and you practice on something, it gets a little harder and then it gets a little easier and then automatically like three or four days later you wake up and you can just do it yeah and it's like you're like 
you're kind of like shifted into another dimension where that skill has been conferred to you. It's not like you like learned it as if you read it in a book and you remembered it. It's like a different type of learning. And so a band is very much like that too. It's like, it seems like you're just, um, and so like preparing for, uh, the times, like allowing space for that to happen is important too. I feel like, cause when I'm like really, ambitious and in like overly acting mode like it can be just more difficult for that transference to happen you know yeah you need to take the space to do it like last night when i was falling asleep i woke back up and then i thought of things i was going to ask things like that it's mm. like letting your your mind just rest for a moment or if i'm really stuck like i'll i live at the beach so i can walk out and look at the ocean and then i'm like oh okay now all of the scrambled information in my brain has come together to make sense mm -hmm. it's doing something in the back that i'm not aware of yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's that um digestion process that yeah that um integration maybe is a better word of it yeah and that has to happen with the band too so especially yeah i I feel like I need that, you know, um, and hopefully, you know, on a material level, more opportunities come next year. We're going, we're planning, uh, God willing to go into the studio in October. Oh, cool. Um, we have, you know, eight, 10 ish new songs to record. Um, so getting, getting those together and, you know, ma making a record's a lot of work, but if we can get those recorded, um, I'll I'll consider and everything else that's happened this year I'll consider it a a success, you know. That's definitely a success. Yeah. Producing artwork is or even being on the road to producing artwork is definitely a success. So you have a new record and then maybe after that you can take that one on the road. So we have that to look forward to. And um we also have Harley Strictly to look forward to. Like I said, Orchestra Gold will be performing at the Towers of Gold stage Friday, September twenty ninth from one PM to one forty five PM. Um I told Eric that I do have listeners down in Southern California and he's also doing or Orchestra Gold's doing another festival down there. I don't know if you wanted to share about that as well. Yes, I really, really do. Um because it's sort of like a homecoming. This is the first time I'll be playing in Riverside. Um so um our dear friend uh eddie from quitapenas is putting together a festival with some other amazing collaborators called the mucho gusto festival and it happens saturday september 23rd at north park which is in downtown riverside and he's got an amazing lineup of people it's his band quitapenas um the bass player from chicano batman whose name is eduardo arenas yeah. his project is going to be playing there a really awesome band from uh, Dominican Republic, uh, Medio Piqui. There's a local band called Milpa that's going to be there. And then La Perla is coming all the way from Bogota, I understand, for the festival too. Wow. So it's just, it's going to be ama amazing. It's like not often that you get something like that happening in Riverside. So yeah. um, it's really going to be amazing, like a uh, confluence of different like cultural elements and these, the people who are putting it together are like people who really care too. And I'm just excited to be a part of it, you know. That's beautiful. And it's like indicative of what we were talking about earlier about how it's kind of all changing and you are a part of this movement. So this is, I just thought of this, but I'm just curious. I'm wondering who do you want to see at Hardly Strictly Bluegrass? Is there anybody out there that you're oh, really man. excited about? Um, that's a good question. The one artist I really want to see is Bombino. 
Okay. Yeah. The Same. one artist I really want to see is Bombino. I'm glad I That's asked. That's number one on my list. Because I don't know that I would have thought of that. Um, so maybe Bombino is someone that everyone should be on the lookout for at Harley Strictly, in addition to Orchestra Gold. Yes. Was there anything else that you wanted to share yeah. with us today before you head off? Um, <clears throat> there is one more thing. Um, so there's an additional show that we're doing actually in Reno, um, which is Saturday, October 7th. We're going to be at the Offbeat Music Fest. Cool. If we have anyone who's going to be in that area. Um, Offbeat Music Fest is just like, as you would expect from the name, it's a very eclectic group of musicians and bands. Um, but we're playing in front of a band that I really, really like called um, Tropa Magica. Do you know, do you know them? Mm -mm. I'll have Tro to check them out. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, Tropa Magica is actually from East LA as well. So they're from that like Los Angeles scene. Just like really cool confluence of different it's got psych elements of psychedelia it's got elements of like cumbia it's got like Ooh. a lot of like rock influences they're just a really good band and i um i love the front man he's just like he reminds me of jim morrison oh. the way he just like totally abandons himself to the music it's just really beautiful to watch well that sounds cool so anyone in reno should definitely check that out and I'll check out those bands. Tropa Magica, yeah. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. It's been really you, great Kassin. having you. Um, I'm going to play two more songs from Medicine. We're going to start out with uh, Barra Nioma. And this is KXSF LP San Francisco. I'm Cassin. This is Moonwax. You just listened to Eric from Orchestra Gold. Make sure to check them out at Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival. All right. So we started off that set with... Uh, Two from Orchestra Gold, who Eric just came on. We interviewed him. If you missed that, you can listen to it later on Spinatone. Um, so that song was Barra Nuyuma off their album Medicine, and then Kalea. After that, I played Right On Baby from William Onyabar, and then some Evo Taylor with Sana. Support for KXSF comes from Open Mind Music, a haven for record lovers since 1994. Henry at Open Mind believes music soothes the soul, inspires change, and makes us move. Open Mind has a wide variety from ABBA to Zappa, funk to punk, bebop to hip-hop, including new and used LPs, vintage turntables, local art, and your chance to meet Roxy the Doxy. Open Mind Music is located at 5521 College Ave near Rockridge Bart in Oakland. And KXSF 102.5 FM is one of Community Thrift's charity partners. Next time you clean out your closet, bring your stuff to the Community Thrift Store at 623 Valencia Street in San Francisco and make SF Community Radio the charity to benefit from it. All donations are tax deductible. That's SF Community Thrift at Valencia and 17th. And don't forget to make SF Community Radio the beneficiary charity. Thank you for your support. And once again, you're listening to KXSF 102.5 FM. My name is Cassin, and this show is called Moonwax. I'm going to keep with the theme for a little while. This is The Oscillations. So we're getting to the end of my show. You've been listening to Moonwax. Uh, my name's Cassin. This is KXSF 102.5 FM. That was Eric earlier from Orchestra Gold, who once again will be at the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival next Friday. Uh, so that's that. We had the oscillations with their song Componde. And then from Ali Forcatura, um, Ali and Tumani, that was Rube from Mulatu um, Estake, Tezita. Um, from Moondog, Caribbean, from Gaber Sazabo, that was Ferris Wheel, and that last song, Have You Ever Been Disappointed? And uh, you can't really go wrong with the Isley Brothers and Jimi Hendrix together. It's a, 
I love that song. I can't stop listening to that song. Uh, we have a disco party tomorrow night at the Riptide. It's our monthly disco party. And our DJ Steve and our DJ Zach are going to be out there putting down some tracks for you. And Anna, who's been out there consistently volunteering and DJing for us. It's a really fun night. Uh, the Riptide is in the outer sunset. And also... What else did I want to say? Underwriting for KXSF comes from Noise Records, an independent record shop, art gallery, and live performance venue located at 3427 Balboa Street in the Richmond District of San Francisco. Noise specializes in local independent artists and record producers and opens each day at noon. More information is on their website at sanfrancisconoise.com or by emailing noisemusicsf at gmail.com or calling the shop at 415-702-6006. Thank you, Noise Records, for supporting KXSF, San Francisco Community Radio. And KXSF 102.5 FM is one of Community Thrift's charity partners. Next time you clean out your closet, bring your stuff to the Community Thrift Store at 623 Valencia Street in San Francisco and make SF Community Radio the charity to benefit from. All donations are tax deductible. That's SF's Community Thrift at Valencia and 17th. Don't forget to make SF Community Radio the beneficiary charity. Thanks for your support. And thank you to everyone who donated uh, over the last few weeks. It was a success for us, and we really appreciate you helping us stay on the air. Um, we'll be doing it again soon someday, but for now, we're really, very grateful, and we'll be sending out our little uh, fundraiser swag sometime soon. Wait for that. And uh, next week, I'll have John Craigie as my guest here on Moonwax. And the week after that, I will have uh, Neil Francis. So I'm kind of doing a little hardly strictly bluegrass thing for the next few weeks. And uh, thanks again for listening. I'm going to send you off with some Johnny Adams, Lonely Man, and a little bit of the Memphis Mustangs. Make sure to stay tuned. <laughs>